0: Hello and welcome, beautiful massage therapists, to another exciting episode of Align with the Massage Business Mama. In a profession that thrives on healing touch and nurturing souls, we as massage therapists understand that change is the only constant. That's why relying solely on one single income source may not be the wisest choice for us as massage therapists. Today, we embark on a journey to uncover the incredible potential of diversification in our industry. There are countless ways to expand your income stream as massage therapists. Some ways that I've done it in the past include hosting in-person classes and online classes to both the public and other massage therapists, selling retail, and representing MLM companies. Yes, I've gone there. Today, we are joined by Christine Boy to talk about diversification by becoming a soul care coach. You heard me correct, that's soul care, not self-care. In addition to her work as a soul care coach, Christine Boy is also a doula, cancer survivor, and podcast host. Get ready to explore the world of soul care, a realm that transcends self-care and opens up new avenues of revenue. I hope during this episode, you have some major aha moments that inspire you to think outside the box. Let's shatter conventional limits and discover innovative ways to bring in revenue, creating multiple streams of financial abundance in our lives as massage therapists. Hey, Becca, you want to start a podcast? Mm.
1: Align with the Massage Business Mama is the product of two massage school besties deciding to take a leap and try something new. It's morphed, it's shifted, it's grown. But at the core, it's Allie, a massage business coach, and her occasional sidekick, Becca, two therapists committed to elevating the field.
0: So today, like I said before, we are joined with Christine Boy. Uh, Christine, thank you so much for being here. you for having me. Yeah, Christine is a doula, a soul care, and strategy coach, and a podcaster. One of the things that I, I just find kind of timely for our presentation here today is I have this one client who keeps coming in to me saying his words are, I say, what would you like me to focus on? And his his words continue to be the last several times he's come to see me. Can you just help me with my soul? Mm. And- So I just find it really timely that you are in the business of soul care Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to self-care. So I'm really excited to explore this topic with you and to hear about how we as massage therapists can potentially diversify our income a little bit by maybe adding this piece into the puzzle. So thank you again for being here.
1: Yes. Thank you, Allie, so much for having me. And I'm excited to talk with you all today and share a little bit of my stories. So I chose a title for our conversation today, um, Less Hustle, More Impact. And although I'm not a massage therapist, uh, as Allie mentioned, I have been a doula for about seven years. And as a service-based solopreneur that's pretty demanding physically, um, I've had to think about uh, what it looks like to pursue true sustainability in my own business and um, to do so in a way that allows me to show up really well for the clients that I have, but also for my family and for myself. So that's sort of the, uh, the topic we're going to have for today. But before I jump in, a little bit more about me. So I am a mom of three. I have three daughters, uh, seven, six, and two. Uh, I have been a doula for a little over seven years, both birth and postpartum. Birth was my first love. So, I did that for a long time, and then maybe three or four years ago uh, decided to bring in some postpartum support, mostly for the predictability and
0: uh, schedule-able,
1: scheduleability of um, postpartum women.
0: I was just having that thought about how being a doula, it's it's like the baby's born and you don't have that reoccurring relationship like we do as massage therapists, so it it is important to diversify and figure out absolutely
1: not only that but you don't know when it's going to happen in most cases right so i can be on call for weeks at a time just like waiting for the baby to to be born and that that's challenging too and and limits right my ability to have lots of clients at once because if i'm going to be at a birth i can't physically be at another one so lots of moving parts uh which in on my on my best days i am thrilled by it it's it's Fun for me. Um, But on sort of the harder days, uh, it can be really exhausting.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm also a breast cancer survivor recently. So uh, actually, this month was, or last month was, uh, my two year cancer free anniversary. And as Allie mentioned, I'm a soul care and strategy coach for solopreneurs. But before we jump into the content, this is something uh, sort of a signature move of mine in any of my uh, coaching sessions and also any uh, teaching, I like to start with grounding into our breath. So just a way for us to practice presence and I know sometimes hard to get here or if you're watching the recording to make time. So uh, just take a moment to close your eyes and draw yourself present to this moment, to the space. Feel the breath. As your lungs expand on your inhale, feel your belly relax as you exhale. Do that a couple more times on your own. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Okay, so a little bit more about my story as a solopreneur. Um, I chose a demanding service-based profession when I decided to become a doula. I did so when I had a one-year-old, so um, it was a challenging profession to, to choose and to figure out how to work into my life. But I was really passionate about that about it, and I don't know if that's true for you as well. I would imagine if you've gone into massage therapy, there's a lot about it that you feel strongly about, that you love, um, and that you want to bring to your clients. And over time, after about four or five years, I really needed to acknowledge my limitations. Um, And what I mean by that is, eventually, I had two kids um, under two, and I needed to realize that I couldn't do as much as I wanted to. And I also needed to think about my income and the level that I wanted and what was realistic. And um, it wasn't aligned. The the amount of money I wanted to make wasn't aligned with the amount of time that I would need to spend. Um, I wasn't willing to do that with two small kids at home. So I needed to figure out a different way um, to make money while also being present for my kids um, and also not wearing my body uh, down. Um, But I also say that I needed to acknowledge my agency. And what I mean by that is, as a solopreneur, although we might not always get to choose everything, like maybe if you work in a chiropractic office, or you know, maybe you have um, some other limitations being an employee uh, employee of a larger corporation, um, or maybe you are a solopreneur and you rent space and, and you get to choose. Um, but either way, acknowledging that I had some choice in the matter as well, and that was actually empowering and really, really helpful for me uh, as I thought about how do I move forward in a sustainable way? So uh, I mentioned that I was uh, a breast cancer survivor. And what you might imagine is that when I received a diagnosis, um, it changed everything about my work. I remember I had a few birth client contracts and I needed to I needed to cancel them. I needed to find other um, doulas to, to take them on because I was having surgery in five weeks. Um, and I also found out that I was pregnant that same week that I found out I had cancer. So I had a lot of other physical um, needs. Uh, I wasn't feeling well. And also in terms of how I moved forward was not just thinking about my own life and my own body, but also um, about my third child's life. And so what I did in the wake of cancer diagnosis, surgery, a recurrence, five months later, treatment, and then the pandemic Uh, was I decided to create some rhythms in my life that I call soul care. And I needed to do that because my anxiety was raising because my body was going through so much. And I needed to prioritize my well-being so that I could be a wife and a mother and a business owner. Um, and continue in those really important roles and responsibilities in my own life. And so I created what I needed for myself, which was a space for showing up as all of who I am, as messy and as challenging as that was, and then inviting others to do the same. So I created some online courses. Um, I created a membership called Soul Care Society, Um, And we're just an intimate group of women that come together in multiple modalities, which I'll go into more detail shortly um, each month and support one another, encourage one another and get equipped to have a rhythm or a cadence of soul care in our own lives so that we can show up as our truest, most healthy self, um, which is my definition of soul care. And now I'm equipping other service-based solopreneurs as a soul care and strategy coach for solopreneurs. To add soul care coaching into what it is that they already do as a complement, as a enhancer to whatever services, if they're coaching or in your case, um, offering massage therapy, and and having that actually strengthen what it is that you offer for your current and future clients. So here's an opportunity for you to write down, journal, think about for yourself what is one word or phrase that describes you at your best? And I ask you that because I acknowledged in my own life that, and I still do, if I'm honest, there are days, um, that there are patterns or uh, habits in my own life that aren't fostering that best self. And When I think about soul care, I think about connecting with and nurturing the deepest parts of who I am so that I can show up as my truest, most healthy self. And that's not perfectly. That's not every day all the time, but it's more consistently so that I can be proud um, of who I am and so that I can give my best to the relationships and the responsibilities and roles that are important to me. And so if we don't know who that best version of ourselves is, or that truest, most healthy version of ourselves is, it's hard to work toward it, or it's hard to know how we're doing on any given day. So identifying a word or a phrase that best describes you at your healthiest uh, can be a really good starting point as we think about not only a personal soul care practice, but then also potentially adding this into what it is that you do professionally.
0: I I love this. I, I I'm really resonating with this right now in terms of like I feel like for myself, when I'm at my best, I'm really creative. And mm-hmm. that that is the the biggest indicator that I have too much on my plate is when I can't can't get into that creative headspace. And so Yes. I, I love this prompt that you've given us.
1: Good. Yeah, I think the intentionality of a simple question like this can really highlight for us where we might not be in alignment in our own lives and it's not you know to beat ourselves up or to, to judge ourselves it's really just an awareness and I think self-awareness really breeds self-compassion and so when we can see some things that maybe we're not aware of and then we can we can give ourselves grace and we can move in the direction of our truest most healthy self so I'm so glad that that's um, a helpful prompt for you. And I love that creative is a word that describes that because you know when you're not able to tap into that creative energy or that, that flow and that can be a really obvious litmus test, if you will, for yeah. how you're doing. And then similarly, but also different, uh, you know, what is a word or phrase that describes your dream business? And, and what I mean by that is, you know, what what would it, I always come back to the emotional feeling that, that sort of comes up for me. So maybe it's profitable or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's something a little more tactical or practical, but I invite you to consider, you know, how do you want to feel uh, when you show up in your business every day? And I know for me, I don't want to feel chaotic. I don't want to feel stretched thin, right? So maybe sometimes it's helpful for us to identify what we don't want to feel in order to, to come up with a word or a phrase that, really accurately and clearly describes uh, what we do want to feel or what we want to embody. So just some things to think about. If you get anything from our time together today, I hope it's this. You are the foundation of your business, especially as a solopreneur, especially as a service based provider, right? You know that if you aren't well physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, then the quality of the service that you provide is going to be impacted. So, our well-being is inextricably connected to the strength, stability, and sustainability of our service-based business. And this is why I feel so strongly about a personal soul cra- soul care practice, whatever that looks like or feels like for you. That can change in different seasons. And I'm going to talk through what is soul care, what are the three pillars of soul care. But I just want to invite you to consider this. Um, I know there's a lot of, I will speak for myself, there are seasons where there's a lot of pressure to hustle, to make more, to figure it out. And I think that that's appropriate sometimes. But when we think about sustainability over the long haul, we know that that's actually not going to serve anybody in the long haul because it will lead to burnout or it will lead to feeling distracted or disconnected from it as what it is that we're doing. And and we want to be moving Toward, toward more sustainability. So I just want you to think about you being the foundation of your business and why a soul care personal soul care practice is really important um, for yourself, but then also for the service that you provide to your clients.
0: It's interesting. We were just having a discussion too about how as a service provider, as a massage therapist, how we're in some sense, we're an athlete and we have mm. to treat our body with the same respect so that like an athlete would treat their body in order to perform at the level that we want and need to, to show up for and really serve our clients.
1: Absolutely. I, I love massage therapy (laughs) as a recipient. Um, But I think about that. I think about, you know, those therapists, maybe it's you who works a lot of hours on your feet, you know, manually using your hands and your body. I mean, I know how much a birth takes out of me, um, you know, and that's, once in a great while, right? It's not every day or multiple days a week um, of that intense physical demands. So I think that's definitely, I'm so glad that you guys are already having that conversation about the physical element. And as, as we get into it, there is a physical element to soul care, but it, it's also the internal work that sometimes it doesn't feel relevant. Maybe it feels inconvenient or unnecessary, but I'm here to argue or at least offer to you that I think it's just as important as the physical care that you're going to give to your body.
0: I think sometimes it feels scary for people, too. Absolutely. Right? Yes. You're, digging in, you're digging into caverns that maybe you've like tucked away because you're trying to protect some part of yourself. And that's that's a really scary thing to uncover that and to heal from traumas and
1: it is, and and the reality is that not everyone is ready to do that, and I acknowledge that, um, you know, through my podcast and with my coaching clients, that everyone's going to come with a different willingness, to you know, or a, a different threshold for how deep that they can go at that time, and that can grow, but it does start with a desire, right? A a, a desire or kind of uh, an internal what feels like an invitation to begin that work, um, yeah. So I just wanted to share a little bit about boundaries because I think there's a very practical element to this, which is, you know, when we think about our personal boundaries for what days a week we work or how many hours a day we work or, um, you know, when we're when and how we're willing to be available to our clients to reach out to us to schedule or or any of those practical boundaries. But there's also the boundaries of respecting our our well-being and prioritizing our well-being. So, this is a quote from I have a mini course called Connect and Nurture. Having boundaries allows you to make yourself a priority, which is the heart of soul care. Connecting with and nurturing the deepest parts of who you are is inherently a boundary that says my well-being matters. And living in integrity with that consistently will fuel our confidence and our self-esteem. So, Again, as as a business owner, as a service-based solopreneur or a service-based business, we we are the foundation. And so, when we can have boundaries in our own internal world that say to ourselves, but also communicate to other people that we prioritize rest. You know, we don't work seven days a week, or we prioritize um, being present with our family. So we don't respond to texts at eight p.m. at night, or or Those are just some, some small examples, but this starts with us, right? Keeping boundaries with ourselves that maybe no one ever knows about or sees. And that's really the heart of soul care is the integrity that we have with ourselves. You know, what do we do when no one else is looking? How do we treat ourselves? How do we speak to ourselves? And um, that's really, it's really important as we think about maybe offering this to other people, creating space for other people, really cultivating that for ourselves. Okay. So getting to the the meat of it, which is the pillars of soul care. And there are three of them. The first is breath. So we took three deep breaths together individually, but collectively at the beginning of our time. And that is, I think, really, really important. The power of our breath to bring us present or to calm our nervous system or to help us transition. It's a free, obviously, it's a free thing that we can access, that we can Do And that pause that intentionality um, can really help us to stay present in our bodies. And sometimes what that means is noticing that we have a need or noticing that something's off. Because if we're always in our minds somewhere else, or if we're always disconnected from our soul in that way, we might not be able to recognize when something feels wrong, or when we're dangerously tired, or any of the things that might be taking place. So the breath is a powerful tool, kind of both ways. We can calm the nervous system by connecting with the breath and and then allow our physical body to follow. Or we can use the breath to help calm our mind and connect uh, with our mind and then have our, our body follow. Uh, the next pillar is mindfulness. So this can be as simple as, connecting with your five senses in the present moment. Um, It can also be a guided meditation or uh, a internal experience where you're connecting with your, your breath. These build on each other, Um, but also being present in your body. And that helps you to ground in the moment too. And I don't know if, you know, maybe your clients share this with you or they don't. And Allie, I love that you shared at the beginning, you have a client that's been saying, I really, I'm feeling this call to, to, support and connect with and care for my soul. So, so maybe maybe they share with you that they're feeling really anxious and and they're, you know, holding that in their shoulders or in their hips or, right, they're, they're carrying some of those emotional realities in their physical bodies. And mindfulness can really help us, again, to be aware of what's taking place in our bodies um, and also allow us to receive more of the benefits of something like massage therapy. And then Movement. So I talk about movement, Uh, I I strategically stay away from exercise or fitness, although um, there are those benefits, right? And I love that analogy of a massage therapist as an athlete, because um, certainly there is a a very important physical component. But I also talk about movement as a way to metabolize our emotions and move stuck energy, making a habit of release. So whether it's something as simple as going for a walk, or maybe it is, you know, a high intensity uh, interval training workout where you're really getting your heart rate up, you're really connecting with your breath, um, you're really being mindful or having um, mindfulness in motion by moving your body. But movement, mindfulness and breath, these are all portals into that deeper connection with our soul with what's going on internally. So they can be used together in the case of let's say a, a movement class um, or a movement session like gentle stretching or somatics or something like this, those will use mindfulness and breath as well, or even just starting at breath and then moving, moving up. So starting with a breath focus, moving into a guided meditation, and then maybe adding a movement component to it. Um, so you might actually see some of the what, what you do in your, with your massage therapy clients in these three pillars. Um, but what I love about them and why I think it's so important is that these are always accessible to us. No matter our physical limitations, most of us can move a little bit. All of us can engage our mind at the level of our senses and we can all just be mindful of our breath. So they're all free. They don't cost anything. We can do them on our own. But they also are really, really powerful to do in community. Um, There's so much research around the collective movement or the collective breath and how that can be so powerful for calming anxiety, lowering stress, lowering physical tension in the body. So there's a lot here that might already apply to what it is that you do. But I'm hopefully going to be able to show you some other ways that you could do it that don't require you actually manually massaging someone. So we're here to talk about diversifying our income. So I want you to think about what is your top reason, top two, top three reasons that diversifying your income as a massage therapist is appealing to you, or maybe is critical for you in the season of your business, wherever you are, think about what, what would be that reason or those reasons uh, that diversifying would be important to you.
0: I know. I know one thing that I think is really important as a massage therapist, and I think there's many reasons why we should diversify, but if we ever experience an injury or, Mm -hmm. you know, like you had cancer, like, you know, something really tragic and we're not able to physically do the work, you know, that's one hugely important reason to diversify along with other, you know, freedom opportunities and other things, but, but really, you know, I've had times where I've cut my hand and I couldn't massage Mm -hmm. or I've had knee surgery and I couldn't massage and, you know, having, having something else to fall back on is just very comforting and important.
1: Yes. No, that is exactly what I was going to share about my own story is that I didn't realize, you know, how, I mean, we know, intellectually how precious our physical health is but we don't know when we don't expect it when we least expect something to happen like an injury like a diagnosis um, then we really feel (laughs) the impact that you know if I can't physically be there I can't make money doing this thing but if we diversify our income if we have some other streams that don't rely on our body either physically being in a place or physically being able to do something, if we can still support others in these other ways, then we we don't go from we don't go to zero as quickly.
0: Yeah, I we mean, have- it's kind of a panicked feeling when you when you think about losing everything. And I love the idea of us being a little proactive about diversifying our income when we are in a season where we're healthy and we're able-bodied and everything is going really well. Because if we're proactive about it there's always going to be something, you know, and, and maybe it's minor, but um, hopefully it's minor. But if we've already set these systems up, we're just setting ourselves up for more success. So I, I love kind of that theory behind diversifying.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, and having, you know, for me, having soul care in my own life, and soul care offerings to invite other people into has actually impacted in a really positive way, my joy and my purpose in what I do. So although I loved my doula work, I didn't, I, I really underestimated how this was going to help me just enjoy my work overall even more. And so there is also that element too, you know, again, there's a very practical income level, but then there's also, I might really enjoy my work. More if I have this other thing that I'm getting to support this client with, not just massage, and I don't know if that will be true for you, um, but for me it really has enhanced and elevated what it is that I can offer someone. um, In particular, in my case, uh, a pregnant woman and a you know a woman in postpartum. So, just another thing to think about. Okay, so soul care coaching, what is it? So I have defined it specifically for for this community, a possible supplemental offering for your massage business that will allow you to add more value to your current clients, attract new ones, and to make more profit with less physical strain. So some of the things we've already talked about, but summarized here in one sentence. So I have some ideas for how to incorporate this into a thriving massage business, and I'll talk you through each of them. Uh, And then, of course, if you have questions at the end, we can talk about that. So starting with the first pillar, which is breath, here are some ideas that I have for how this can be incorporated into a massage business. So the first would be a breath focus to start or end a session to increase the physical and mental health benefits of the massage. So maybe, and forgive my, my ignorance here, but let's say you charge $100 for a, an hour-long massage, right? What if you added on a 15-minute breath focus at the beginning or... At the end, you can charge a little bit more. And again, it might enhance the physical and mental health benefits of that time. I know when I go into a massage, I look at that as an investment in in my soul care. Um, I know a lot of people would talk about self-care and self-care is great. It's usually the way I draw the distinction between the two is that self-care is meeting a physical need. Whereas soul care... Um, is usually beyond that. It can also be meeting a physical need, but it it also is in my case, I'm a mom of three kids. So it's giving me an hour of quiet, (laughs) right? Um, It is a vote in the column of I take care of my body. And that builds my confidence to do more of that throughout my week. So I imagine that there's a very practical and physical reason that people come to you for massage but in the case of your client Allie and probably many of your other clients, it's deeper than that for them. And so, adding on a breath focus to help them transition—you know, if they were running to the the—I know I sometimes am like you know, hurrying in traffic or running to the appointment, running late—and it takes like the first fifteen or twenty minutes of the massage to actually relax and be present. And potentially, a breath focus on the front end would help to enhance the benefits of the entire time. Um, another opportunity just in the breath pillar would be a breath focus workshop as stress support tool between massage appointments. So you could do virtual or in-person workshops where you teach people how to build a breath focus. Um, it's something that is in my mini course, as well as my six week, um, course called a collective breath. And it really is just cultivating an awareness of the breath in five, 10, 15 minute chunks. So it's different from meditation in that it really is just connecting with the breath and allowing the simplicity of that to minister to us, to, um, serve us at a really deep level. Um, so often we're, you know, somewhere else in our mind, we're running from thing to thing, we're busy, we have lots of responsibilities, but to carve out that time again is a vote in the column of, I take care of my well Um, and so being able to teach people how to do that, or leading people, um, In that, in a a group setting can be a way that you can have 5, 10, 15 people paying for your time. And you're only doing that for, you know, one hour, for instance. So those are some ideas for breath, for mindfulness. um, So these are some ways that you can really leverage your time. Um, I mentioned guided meditations being a way that you can help people uh, to have a mindfulness practice. So you could actually create a guided meditation audio track and share it with your clients and encourage them to do that once or twice a week between appointments. Um, And it can just be a way, maybe it's a simple body scan, right? Maybe you just encourage them to start at the crown of their head and move all the way through the soles of their feet to relax any areas of tension, to breathe into areas of tightness. Um, And you could have that, you know, record it once and have it work for you many, many times over. You could charge for that you could um, include it you know for a certain package or something like this um, so guided meditations are really helpful because then people can use them over and over but you can also do in-person or virtual guided meditations um, so inviting your current clients to you know jump on zoom uh, one night a week and again charge f- for that or maybe have a membership connected to that There's so many options there but the value of mindfulness, um, especially, it just, I just—I think—it feels very relevant right now with um, everything that's going on in our own lives, but also collectively in in our world. Having opportunities to connect with other people and and prioritize your well being collectively can be really, really powerful to have that accountability, but also that support. And then movement. So having group gentle stretching offerings to support your one on one work. So. Maybe you know certain stretches that would be beneficial for the vast majority of people, right? People who are sitting at a desk a lot of times or sitting in the car a lot and actually guiding people through a group a gentle stretch, um, doing that in person or virtual, lots
0: of options there. I just had a thought with that too is that you could really get specific in your marketing mm. towards certain groups. kind of make it seem more appealing like you could you could have a a group stretching offering that was for people who sat at their desk all the time for the athletes you work on for you know the soccer mom like you could have have it really kind of niched out so that you were making sure to make it appealing and absolutely it was meant for them
1: exactly like I think of like runners for instance or um, yeah, certain kinds of athletes that maybe come in with the same sore type muscles or injuries or whatever, um, and really again enhancing and elevating the the level of service that you can provide them. It's it's a little bit more holistic because you're you know supporting them outside of the one on one sessions. Um, so it's also it's also enhancing the benefit of your one on one sessions with them too. But yeah, I think getting really specific. Maybe there's a certain population you really like to work with, or you see a, a pattern of people that are coming in for your clients, and you can offer um, again to your current clients, but also think about attracting new. Right, if you've got a couple runners, they probably are in running groups or know other people who run and can invite to the cli- uh, to the classes. So that's um, a really great opportunity for using referrals, which I know are. Probably very important in your businesses uh, as it is for for mine, Um, but then also yeah, serving a very specific group of people. That's a really good point, Allie. And then, fitness classes, recorded or live, to holistically support the physical body and decrease tension and increase strength. So I'm a I'm a bar instructor, um, and I've also created my own movement and mindfulness classes. Um, One is called Ignite, one is called Restore, and one is called Spark, Um, and they all are have different um goals. Really soul care is is the foundation of that. But in terms of the physical body, what um what muscles we're working, what what um stretches we're doing, um, whether we're elevating the heart rate and, and strengthening lung capacity, or we're, you know, building muscle um, or flexibility. So there are lots of ways that you can support the physical body outside of massage therapy uh, with specific fitness classes or again, recordings, right? You could have a recorded 15 minute, this or a recorded 30 minute this, and you can so many options on how you can share that with your current clients or virtual clients who might never be your massage therapy client because they don't live in the same city as you, but they might be able to benefit from, from your work because we all know people who don't live in our city. Um, so the, Referral sources um, could be your current clients that you do know in person that trust you, um, but they could invite their friends, especially if it's a recording or a virtual option. So those are just some ideas, but I wanted to kind of bring us back to the goal being sustainability. Um, and like Ali said earlier, treating our body like you would, you know, a high performing athlete, but also Thinking about how we can care for our well-being, not just from the outside in, but from the inside out. And that's what I call soul care through those three pillars, breath, mindfulness and movement. And then thinking about your business strategically and how potentially soul care coaching or elements of soul care could be incorporated to enhance and elevate what it is that you already offer or diversify your income by offering completely new things that might be separate um, or distinct from your massage therapy. So, just thinking about what could that look like for you, and again, connecting with emotionally, what would that feel like for you? Is that exciting for you? Do you have some um, ideas and creativity flowing as you think about what this could look like in your in your current business? And this is a, a little bit of a catchphrase of mine, but a reminder that your well being matters. And that it's the foundation of your business, and so you know your massages are only as good as you are holistically—not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually, at a soul level. Um, so, what what is one micro action that you can take in your own life to prioritize your soul care, to prioritize your own well being, so that you can show up as your truest, most healthy self um, in your massage therapy work, but also in your, um, relationships and other responsibilities in your life.
0: I, I have a question for you, Christine. Yeah. What has been, I'm not sure how long you've been a soul or coach and strategist. Um, but it's been a couple of years now. Is that, is that what you yes. told us? Earlier? It's been about two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious how you're received when you share that that's the work that you do.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like it's either two, it's one of two things. So I feel like, um, most often people are really curious about it. They, they think it sounds great. They don't really maybe understand it, but they have a lot of questions and they're really interested in it. And then I would say there are some people who don't get it, aren't interested. Um, and so as I, shared earlier I think or maybe when we were talking at the beginning but I think you know there has to be a, a level of, of desire and willingness to engage in this work you know I've been in therapy for years and I love it I think it's so important but there are some people right who are like I'm not interested in counseling I'm not interested in therapy um, doesn't mean they can't benefit from it but it might just mean that they have some resistance to it or unwillingness um, and I think that that's true for this, although I'm, I'm not a therapist. Um, I do think that there is a, an intimacy and a, a depth to this work that not everyone's willing or ready to do. Um, now I will say that like therapy or massage therapy, right? I'm sure you've run across people who are like, I've never had a massage in my life. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's crazy. It's so good for you. Why wouldn't you do that? Um, You know, I think everyone can benefit from soul care work. And I think people are curious. Um, Usually when I share it, they're like, oh, what's that? You know, and we have a conversation about it and um, they're intrigued. But there's certainly people who aren't my people and that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Another thought I have is, yeah, I think sometimes at least for me, you know, I'm like, well, people can find guided meditations elsewhere. People can find workout classes elsewhere. People can write, like, these are things that are certainly ex- available and accessible to us, but the value of there being a consistency, you know, with you as the person who does that, like they already have a relationship with you. They already trust you. And, um, the more you can offer in one place or in one setting or from one source, it actually simplifies things for people. And I would say most people are looking for simpler ways to access the things that they need. So it's not that we couldn't all go to YouTube and find these things. It's just, oh, how convenient would it be if I could just tack a 15 minute this onto my my thing that I'm already doing, or I already know this person, so I don't have to do the research or ask around. I can just trust that what they're going to offer is going to be, you know, beneficial to me or enhance, you know, the work that I'm already getting done. So, you know, I think you're right that we sometimes take for granted some of the things that maybe we're already thinking and doing, or um, the value of making it simpler for for our clients and making it more accessible in in like a very clear way.
0: I, I like what you say too about saving saving the time from someone reaching out because we do develop these relationships with our massage clients where they have a high level of trust in what we recommend and what we share with them. So being able to kind of capitalize on that, I guess.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you've earned their trust. You yeah, earned um, the right to make recommendations that, you know, will be beneficial to them. And um, you'll probably also be able to discern, you know, what, not that there's levels, but what kind of thing would be beneficial or that they would be open or willing um, to participate in too. So you can make, really customized recommendations and not anyone's going to be able to do that. You know, I can say this thing is beneficial to you, but if I haven't spent an hour with you every week for the last four years, you know, I don't know you at the level that, that you do as their massage therapist, for instance. So you do have, I think a responsibility at some level to, you know, give them, um, recommendations or, um, point them in the direction of things that are going to, um, enhance how they feel in their bodies, but also how they feel, um, internally.
0: Another thing that you brought up that I think is really an interesting concept for this type of work is the membership model. Yeah. I think that that feels like a nice package for adding something like this to a practice. Because it, it it feels like maybe it would be kind of hard to say, okay, I'm charging you for this one meditation. You mm-hmm. had some type of a container for it, where it was like, you know, clients knew that there was maybe one meditation coming out every month. Yes, that could have one price tag that, um, just maybe felt a little bit easier to market and sell.
1: Yeah, and the membership model is nice because you can create a recurring revenue that you can rely on. And it might be less than, you know, I don't know if, if any of you have a massage membership, you know, where people pay you monthly and they can use it or it rolls over or whatever. So there's that. But also, um, you know, maybe it's a slightly lower price point. Like maybe it's, you know, $30 a month and they get access to a couple virtual things or one live class and one virtual thing. Or, you know, there's endless ways that you can think about it. But then you've got right, this recurring revenue that's built in, if you do need to take a vacation, or you do have an injury, um, that there's still this modality through which you can serve your clients, and also make money.
0: Yeah, I kind of envision like, you know, anytime a new client comes in, like having some sort of of an offering, like this is one of my offerings. And Mm -hmm. here it is.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And you could have different different packages. That's sort of how my, my menu of services looks for my doula clients. Now, like I have a basic birth support, but then I have um, some elements of soul care support um, along the way too. And I've I've actually been surprised with how many people are like, I want that um, in terms of a little bit more of a holistic support.
0: How did you get into this work, Christine?
1: Uh, It was really born out of my own need, I think. Um, I mean, that's how I I perceive the development of all of this. I felt like I I needed I needed the accountability and encouragement and support of a community. And that was really what I created in the in the beginning when I created um, it, my six-week course called A Collective Breath. So each week there was a topic, you know, we had a practice, but then we met and we had a conversation. And it was really the the synergy of, oh, there are people out here that also want this thing that really gave me the confidence to build it out and to create my own classes. And so now I have the membership, um, but also have been teaching other doulas how to incorporate soul care into their own work. And I think it was also born out of, as I mentioned earlier, I realized that I actually really love spending more time with a client than just being at their birth. I realized, Oh, I could really support them during pregnancy. I could really support them postpartum, um, you know, And it's not just about, it's not just about the birth experience. It's really, um, support on both ends. And I realized I like the longevity of relationships with people. And this is a way that I can ensure that I get that with the right people. Not everyone's going to choose it. But, um, so it was, it was both. It was, I, I started the work because I needed it in my own healing journey. And then I started offering it to other people because I realized this is actually what I enjoy doing, um, most and I think it is aligned with my own gifts and skills so I'm I'm doing it in my own life and I have the support um to continue doing that and to stay in integrity with that but then also um, get to teach other people how to do it which is really rewarding as well
0: that's awesome well thanks so much for sharing and um where can people best find you
1: yeah so um probably instagram that's where I show up most, and my handle is i am christine boy uh, you can also go to christine boy that's b o y e dot com my website is there um and then my podcast is called Breathe Mama with Christine Boy, and that's wherever you listen to
0: podcasts awesome well, thanks again, christine and um can't wait to see see more of what comes from you and keep listening to that podcast.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Allie. I really appreciate being here.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.